Welcome to Points of Intersection. I'm your host, Jonah Kunish. Thank you for joining me on this brand new podcast. This is the very first episode of the podcast, and I recorded a segment with Joel Buckner, who was my protege director. Um, this was recorded back in February, and so we're going to kick things off with this interview style uh, chat with, with Joel. And um, so like I said, it was, it was recorded back in February, and just a couple points of business here before we get to that segment. Um, just a few points of clarification. So we mentioned an egg, and just uh, for the listener's interest, that egg is no longer a big thing as far as I'm aware. Um, culture moves fast, but yes, we are talking about that famous Instagram egg. Um, I guess I'm not too savvy anyway on what is <laughs> what is trending on Instagram or not, but um, that is the egg that we mentioned. Also, I said that I plan to be in D.C. a couple years, quote, at least, in this podcast episode. And uh, I'm currently living in Loveland, Colorado. So obviously plans changed, and life moves fast as well. And uh, when you get married, you no longer call the shots, especially as the guy. <laughs> no, but um, I do appreciate where I live. Uh, both Abby and I appreciate our time in D.C., um, we do feel like we are where we're supposed to be, but just as a as a reminder, we no longer live in D.C., um, but really enjoyed it there. And sorry about the the sound quality in this episode. Um, no shade intended, but Joel was sitting away from the mic. I did get good uh, good sound equipment um, borrowed from National Community Church where I was doing the internship, but yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the sound will change a decent amount based on who's speaking for this first episode. I hope to improve that with the next episode, but, uh, just a heads up with that. Again, no, no, uh, hard feelings, Joel. Nothing but love. So for those of you who have Spotify Premium or are listening on Anchor.fm, you'll hear, uh, a bit of a sound clip in a little bit to transition us. Um, otherwise, for those of you listening elsewhere, enjoy the episode with Joel Buckner, protege director and worship leader. All right, I'm here with Joel Buckner, protege director and worship leader at National Community Church in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Joel, to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Glad to be a part of it. It's exciting. Yeah, so Joel is my protege director. I am the family ministry uh, protege this year and uh, at NCC, and I also have a campus pastor role in the protege program. Uh, so Joel, would you mind starting us off by telling me what you enjoy about being the protege director? Wow. Ah, uh, what do I do the most? I have always been an individual that loves to develop others and see people become their best selves. And so within the protege program, that's my greatest joy um, that I get to watch people over a course of a year's time um, grow and mature and learn more about who they are and who God's called them to be and how he shaped them. So that's my what I love most about uh, protege and then having fun, laughing a lot. Um, yeah. And watching people be awkward. <laughs> well, that's that's not you, Rachel. No, that's you. But I like watching the 
I enjoy watching you be awkward as well. Um, <laughs> how has uh, how have you personalized the project program under your watch uh, as opposed to previous project directors? Um, to my understanding, Pastor Heather Zempel and Emily Hendrickson have also been protege directors. So how has how has their focus uh, their foci? I think is how you say that. Uh, how have that? How have those differed from your focus and um, the fresh things that you bring as a protege director? Honestly, I mean, I don't. I don't think there's a different focus. I think uh, we all have a passion to see people grow. Um, I think that's the key point, right? To disciple and to watch people um, become, right? I think, um, so I would say not not really anything different, but in addition to mm-hmm. the foundation that they laid, um, I think we're just trying to, there's always room for growth in anything that anybody does, right? And so I think for me, it's about fine-tuning it to making it more effective for those that are coming through the program now. Um, considering that the program is now 12 years old, 11 classes, that's a big change over a 10-year you know, period of time. And so um, just as the students change or the individuals that come through that are protégés change, so goes the content of your uh, curriculum or what you're teaching them or their experiences that they go through. And so um, <clears throat> being able to change with the time is kind of where I'm at now. So I'm looking at what are what are this the last. Uh... I just slipped. That's why Joel was <laughs> laughing. Slipped in my chair, but we're good. Yeah, see, remember we were talking about awkward. That's, that's what... <laughs> I just had to explain to the audience why you awkwardly laughed to yourself. Though. Um, but yeah, so like, just as 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 time changes, as people grow and change, we always want to make sure that our program is top-notch and so that's what I'm trying to bring now mm-hmm. to those people that would be coming to the program now so we're finishing up the, the millennial kind of age right we're going mm-hmm. into generation Z which is a whole different population of students right so um, yeah so it's it's creating that so a little bit more focus on um, what is what when we talk about what is theology to how are you shaped, formed, or called? What what has God put inside of you? Um, now that we have access to not just Myers Briggs, but you have Strength Finders and you have Enneagram, and um, as you guys know, we're doing the EQ um, test next week to assessment to kind of find out how we're actually emotionally wired for whatever jobs that we can take. So there's a lot of those things that are brought into it, um, while still building on to character, community, and calling. Um, those three things that Protege was birthed out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot has changed culturally in the last 10 years um, from just the aspect of uh, the internet, social media, people being connected, um, even just like social changes. So it sounds like you uh, study that culture and keep that culture in mind as you're developing the program for uh, the new classes of protégés. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think anybody, you know, whenever we're trying to reach anyone, not just through protege, but whether it's in ministry or it's our jobs or um, whether it's a, a company, should always do research on your consumer. Like who, who are they? Where are they? Where's their mindset? What, what draws them? What connects to them? Um, and so that's what we're doing. You know, like with the, the program, we're trying to uh, have a, a structure, but then be 
flexible at the same time to those that are coming. Um, especially with the as generations come in, um, we know that here in DC is more of a postmodern um, kind of society, postmodern culture. Um, and so, what does that look like then? What does deconstruction look like? What does it look like to really believe in Jesus or have faith, um, or or not believe in Jesus? Or what does it look like to um, deal with uh, different demographics of people? Um, and so that's kind of where you pull that in, you know, especially in, in our conversation today, where everything seems to be cynical and everybody's, you know, divided on different subjects, thoughts and ideas. And how do you lead well in that in that space? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you have to change with the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So I have a question. Uh, maybe we can get to it a little later about uh, what you were just talking about, about the postmodern, um, even the post-Christian culture. Uh, that we find ourselves in in DC and in the US, uh, generally, maybe even Western civilization, but um, we'll probably get to that a little later on. Uh, I think, what's that? You'll be ready? Okay, cool. Yeah, just kind of wrapping up um, your experience as protege director. Uh, my next question was what was your immediate reaction when you were asked to be protege director? Um, did you think it was a good fit? Did you have any hesitations? And did you have a choice in the matter? Uh, yeah, definitely had a choice in the matter um, because you could always say yes or no, right? Hmm. Um, but I um, was actually um, enthused. Like I really consider this like a true passion of my life. I've always been in education, working in some type of form, from nonprofits to working in higher ed, um, back to after school programs, working with middle school and high school students, and you know from higher education working with college students. So. I have always um, loved working in that in that sphere, um, while also being talented at leading worship. And so, it was great to be able to kind of come back to um, one of my other passions, also. Um, and so, yeah, I was more than willing to take the role uh, when it was presented as an opportunity. And so, mm-hmm. I'm only expecting great things to come from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, were you brought on as a worship leader and uh, project director at once or was that a developing role no. as you were here so I, when I first got hired here at NCC I was a um, worship leader specifically um, to well at the time when, when I first got here I was at Boston and then I kind of made a track around so Boston is one of our locations here at NCC mm-hmm. um, and then went down to our Barrett location for a little bit and then back out to Boston mm-hmm. and then landed at Lincoln mm-hmm. um, Theater and so um, like I said, I, I enjoyed it and always um, on the teams that I had, have and had, uh, would continue to, um, like I'm a, I'm a maximizer as far as strength finders. I maximize one of, one of my strengths that kind of goes back and forth. Um, and, and so I always can find, or I always look for, it seems like I always look for holes in things or end up participating in an event or a team and I'm always like oh but it can be better it can be better and so um that mindset when I bring it into worship it was like okay I want our teams to be better I want our individuals to be better and I noticed like that piece of who I am was missing from just singing on the weekend and so when the opportunity came for me to uh direct the protege program it was like a no-brainer because it's like oh I'm about to have the best of both worlds. I'll be able to lead worship and develop people 
and I'll be able to use my skill set of being strategic and build curriculums and all the other things that I do from marketing to, uh, to doing networking outside of our church to help get protégés hired and things like that. Like that all kind of came together. So, um, yeah, it's like mm. a culmination of everything that I've done in my life in one bucket. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like when I see you on stage and in that setting, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a different Joel because when you're our protege director, you go into like teacher mode and you're ready to <laughs> tell us all the, the life wisdom and life lessons. Yeah. And then... <laughs> if I have some. Yeah, I have a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, you have uh, a lot to share with us and I have definitely appreciated my time as a protege and... Um, Nothing but positive feedback from my fellow proteges as well. So, it's good to have y'all. Y'all make it. Y'all make it what it is. You know, seriously, I mean that. Like, you always have to have two. You have to have a teacher, and then you have to have students that are willing to learn. Mm. So if you don't have people that are willing to learn, the teacher's not effective either. You know what I mean? So you have to have mm. both. So that's what mm. makes it work. So, mm. Cool. Um, yeah. Speaking of our class, uh, we. I think are a little younger than some of the previous classes. Um, I know we are mostly, uh, basically all of us are recent college graduates, um, one grad school graduate in our class. Uh, how does this change the dynamic of the program and kind of what you're gearing it toward and what you're focusing on? Or does it have, does it make a difference? Um, okay, I think, One, yes, you all are younger. Um, I think when when you get a younger class, there is more, you guys tend to have a lot more knowledge, um, less experience, right? And so um, with a younger class, it's helping you guys apply what you know to the experiences that you guys are getting here, which then creates wisdom, right? That's all it is, right? Wisdom is knowledge applied. And so, Throughout this year, my hope would be that you guys grow in wisdom in whatever roles that you guys have. And so coming in from your class, it's definitely, um, and I think we'll see this as, as classes continue to come in, um, where, where do we stand on faith? What's our theological um, understanding of God, scripture, um, church? Um, I think it'll always be... Um, challenging um, our pride, challenging um, our ambitions, um, and challenging the kind of, as culture continues to go down this road, um, challenging the narrative that culture says that we should have. We should have, should be, should be there, or should have had, or, you know, whatever, whatever that should, should be. Um, It's fighting those cultural norms, and saying like, no, 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 as you're here this year, the test is for you is will you be open to go against maybe some of the things that you think or that you feel are reality and be open to a new way of thinking, right? Um, But the same challenge comes in when you have somebody that's older, they have experience and they have applied things and so applied the knowledge that they have and now they're being challenged to be open again and so I, if, if, if I was answering this question as a whole, everyone comes with their challenges. Everyone comes with their um, backstories or whatever you want to call it. The, 
the biggest part for me is that will we all remain curious? I think that's what happens when, as we get older, we get less curious about, you know, th- that whole egg thing that's happening on, on, on social media, right? Everybody's... It's epic. Just like this egg, but, you know, older people might look at it and be like, what? That's dumb, you know? And not even be curious about why, why is this egg getting so much, you know, like attention right now? Mm. And the younger are like, oh yeah, it's the egg! <laughs> you know what I mean? They're out... It's the newest celebrity. Yeah, it's the newest thing. And you're like, okay, but they're not curious. Is why am I making the egg a celebrity? You know what I mean? So there's Mm -hmm. this curiosity that needs to happen on both sides. Um, And that's what keeps learning happening. Mm -hmm. I would almost say that when you stop being curious, you stop growing. Mm -hmm. Or you stop transforming. You know, because Mm -hmm. you need that, that essence. You need that part of you to continue to be open to learning something different. It it becomes, it scares me to think that I can sit in a room and think I know it all. Hmm. Or when I think I know everything about a certain topic hmm. or anything, really, you know. Um, I've been yeah. leading worship for, what, uh, 16 years. No, nope. more than that, longer than that, somewhere in there. Um, but been leading worship for a long time, right? But I always have to remain open to, okay, what is there a new way to lead? Is there a new song to be sung? Hmm. Is there a new way to sing this line or whatever it might be? Because it keeps me growing, you know, as a leader. Even when working with protégés, I'm like, is there a better way I could have asked the question? Is there a better way I could have said those words? Um, you know, because it just helps me continue to grow too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know. I know that was a long answer to that question, but yeah. No, it's great. It made me think of another uh, part of the protégé program that has been emphasized to us. Um, looking right over your head right now at the protégé poster and one of the main uh, core values is we stay humble and hungry. Um, How do you think staying, I think you already talked about it a little bit, but uh, staying humble and hungry, I feel like uh, just for myself personally, that's something that drew me to NCC in the first place was this sense that it was a uh, somewhat forward thinking church, Mm -hmm. a church that was willing to um, adapt somewhat to the culture in order to reach that culture as it changes. Um, has your experience here at NCC uh, kind of shown you that, that NCC is a place where um, different ideas, different minds, uh, different perspectives are welcome and can thrive together? Yeah, I think, I think one, I, I love the fact that, so I grew up in a more very structured um, denomination. Everybody thought the same thing. They did the same thing. We, we praise God the same way. All things, right? It was all the same. I love the ability to be able to come in to work and have a different thought than the next person. All under the umbrella of we are a family. You know? Um, I love the idea of being able to um, have a place to wrestle through faith, wrestle through ideas, wrestle through... Um, what does this scripture really mean to me and, and not feel um, in a sense judged for not having the right answer. Mm-hmm. Um, love that. Right. But I think that's where that humble and hungry comes in, in, into play. Mm-hmm. Um, humility is not humility is being confident about who God's called you to be with the understanding of knowing that he's the source of who you are. I can be confident about I lead worship well and say that in all humility because I know 
where the gift comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think NCC does that well. Like they know, we know that we're called to our city. We know that we are called to be one mission. We know that we're called to pray. Um, and with that understanding, then you stay hungry in knowing and growing in who you are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So putting them together, I'm humble because I understand who I am, my gifts, my calling, what God has fashioned me to do, and I can be confident about that. Don't have to be cocky about it. I can be confident about it, right? Mm-hmm. But then I stay hungry to know more of how he's developed me, mm-hmm. what he's called me to. And I continue to grow in that by putting, you know, relationship with the Holy Spirit. Hey, how do I continue to grow myself? How do I continue to lean into more of who you called me to be? Mm. And so I think that's where those two roads meet. And I think NCC definitely does a great job at that. Um, Over the six years that I've been here, I've probably grown in more of the understanding of who I am, not only in Christ, but in my giftings also, and have learned or am learning how to apply them not only at work but in practical everyday life and in the settings that I have to minister. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, D.C. a little bit. Uh, so the city that uh, NCC is rooted in that it uh, seeks to reach. Um, one of the first things that you told us about D.C. when we got here as protégés was that it can be an expensive city. Um, I just experienced that again firsthand. Uh, I know... <laughs> Um, a few of us have gotten tickets. Uh, I have had the unfortunate experience of locking my keys in my car twice now. Uh, so I just had to pay 70 bucks out of pocket to get that open for me. Um, so I think for me, uh, I'm really starting to, um, DC is starting to grow on me rather. Um, and I plan to be here for the next few years at least, but, uh, it can also be very frustrating. Um, one of those things being traffic. Uh, that's very frustrating to me, and for somebody like myself that doesn't tend to leave a lot of time, uh, kind of doing things um, last minute sometimes, or kind of like getting places right on time, uh, that has caused me to be late a, a few times. Um, yeah, not that you'd have personal knowledge of that, but uh, <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting there. Uh, <laughs> getting used to the city still, but... Uh, my question is, what do you like about D.C., and what has um, caused you to kind of put down roots here and stay uh, in the district? I guess the, the first answer should be my fiance, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that is the uh, correct she's answer. A great, she's a great woman mom here. No, I, um, I think, so there's a few things. I love, although I'm from Ohio, I do love the pace at which the city moves it's thriving it's 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 got life um, and you can tell that you know here um i don't like the busyness of dc so difference i like the life that it has but that i don't like the business where everybody doesn't the people don't know how to shut down do you feel like that's two sides of a coin or can it be more one than the other i think i think um like basically does it have to at the pace dc moves do you feel like there's always going to be a problem of shutting down or can people move toward more same pace, but able to kind of like turn that off and rest. I think there's a way to have life and not let the busyness of life be your identifier of success. 
Mm. And I think that's what happens in D.C. The busier I am, the more successful I seem or more important I am. And so I think if um, with this, even with the shutdown, I think a lot of people I've had a few conversations with people that were like, it made me think about who am I without my job? Mm. You know? Yeah. And it almost makes some people depressed. Mm. Because they're like, I don't, I don't know. You know, that busyness of being important or having this need for, to appear successful to people um, is why, is their driver, is their main thing. So when I talk about the liveliness that I feel from D.C., it's like culture. It's, it is the uh, uh, people that have ideation and are able to be strategic and create, um, be creative. <clears throat> um, it's, it's the ability to watch how decisions that are made here do affect things around the world, change around the world. It's um, watching as churches struggle through um, new ways of reaching unreached people. Um, it is the conversations with the homeless friends that we have, along with um, some young people that just got out of school and they're walking down the street and being able to talk to them about their day. Hmm. Um, it's the little pockets of communities where it seems like everybody has their still corner store, grocery store, um, hmm. and you can walk everywhere. Mm. Um, and it's still in a big city feel, you know, mm. um, those are things I love about DC. It's the call. It's, it's, it's being able to go when they, when they have art all night and there's just art that's displayed everywhere around the city in different neighborhoods mm. and you go see it all night long or to the, 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 um, Chinese parade that's supposed to be happening, I believe this week, um, in celebration of the Chinese new year. And you don't see that everywhere, you know? And so. Um, those are things I love about it. But like I said, that's the difference between the busyness that we talk about in D.C. and, and the liveliness of it. Um, yeah, I think busyness is just because people, and it's just an ongoing thought, right, that we don't Sabbath, we don't rest. Hmm. Um, and, and, and I get this from John Mark Homer. Um, they, he was saying that we get crucified for not following all the Ten Commandments except for the Sabbath. Hmm. When people start talking about Sabbath, they're like, oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. Give hmm. me time. Come to work, you know? Hmm. But every, all the other commandments we get, you know, we shouldn't kill. We shouldn't bear false witness. We shouldn't do, um, what's it, um, like, honor your parents. Like, hmm. all these. Covenant. The, the, the covenant. Like, all these commandments that we've been given, and we're like, no, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. But when it comes down to Sabbath and slowing down, you don't mm. hear people say, oh, you didn't Sabbath, you're not a good Christian. Mm. Uh, hmm. I think there's something in there where we should challenge ourselves a little bit mm. and say, like, wait a minute. Because Sabbath, what it does is it builds your relationship with Christ, causes you to celebrate what God has done, and, and causes this kind of um, resting place, right? Meaning resting not like sleep, you no. know, but resting place where... God's got this in control. Hmm. He's the same God who was then and he is now. Hmm. He's the same, you know, and I can rest in that. Yeah. You know, um, we'd probably be less anxious, hmm. less depressed. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'll stop because I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. It's great. I think um, that is something as well that has kind of struck me as maybe unique to NCC uh, in the position that it is here in DC where uh, it is a very uh, busy city. Um, but 
how everyone everyone at the church uh, seems to be you know very hardworking, very diligent in their work, uh, but that there does seem to be a focus on that Sabbath and the importance of that. Uh, one of our our labs, which is um, about once a week when we can sit down with different staff members. Uh, one of those was led by uh, Pastor Mark Batterson, who is the head pastor here at NCC. And he just asked the question to us protégés straight up, uh, when do you practice Sabbath? And so we went around the circle and people said, you know, Monday, I have Monday off, so I take that time to rest. Uh, Saturday, whatever it might be. Um, and it came to me and I'm currently working at uh, Ebenezer's Coffee House, which is um, owned by NCC, uh, run by NCC. Uh, on the side of protege, so I had to say, well, I'm working on it, but haven't gotten there yet. Um, and then another one of the proteges shared, uh, basically said the same thing, and uh, Pastor Mark just said, like, well, it's um, it's key to remembering that it is uh, very, I guess, important to our walk, and important to um, staying grounded, and that we have to even uh, protect that and defend the kind of encroaching um, responsibilities or what we feel is necessary yep. in order to keep that Sabbath sacred, if you will, or protected. Like we, we talked about this a few weeks ago, um, but like, um, it, which you know, um, there was a few weeks ago where I just got kind of overwhelmed. And it was just because there was so much going on, like hmm. life change, protégés all, having troubles uh, <laughs> we have our troubles every now and then <laughs> challenges at work you know in my personal life and one thing I noticed in the middle of that I hadn't Sabbath I hadn't taken time to rest and I took it all on uh, trying to carry all the burdens myself and it took me to a point where I had to say like wait a minute I don't have control of their lives I don't have control of my own life I can't make someone grow like even as director of a protege program, I cannot make sure that all your growth that should happen or that I want to happen um, is imminent, like it's going to happen. No, like that has to be the choice of the individual, right? But when, you, when you're busy trying to, again, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the right word is, but you're busy trying to make things happen, um, I think in the middle of that, you do take on this pressure or this weight of, I need to perform well, I need to do this well, I need to make sure this happens. And um, I had to like get checked in a sense, um, like, hey, that's not, your, that's not your call. And yeah, it was humbling and it was like, hey, a wake up call to me, like remember your Sabbath, remember your resting place. Hmm. Remember that I am God, is your, I am your resting place, like I am, the, the source of what you do. Hmm. And, um, yeah, it was a good lesson. Um, and one that I think I'll keep, you know, trying doing my best to train myself to be a person of rest and peace mm -hmm. and yeah. relying on God. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so speaking of your uh, kind of personal um, development and your personal growth, uh, what do you dream of for your future? Uh, we already talked about you're engaged, so that's a big piece of your future. Uh, I'm getting married this weekend, so I'm beating you to it a little bit. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what are your aspirations um, 
where do you see yourself? I guess I, I, I won't put a, a time stamp on it saying like five year, 10 years, something like that. But um, yeah, what are your what are your biggest aspirations, both as a project director developing people for the coming generation um, and for yourself personally? Yeah, I think I think um, for me, well, <clears throat> I'm in a very unique place um, right now where um, I do continue to get to grow the project program, and then also we will become uh, an extension site for Southeastern University starting this fall, which is where we'll have four um, degree programs. We'll have um, an associate's, a general associate's, and associate's in ministry leadership, bachelor's in business, and a bachelor's in ministry leadership. So we'll offer that here, but um, alongside of that, you know, growing the internship program. And so for me, I can see these next few years being about creating a great um, space for education and um, individuals to become self-aware and, uh, and grow and grow a greater understanding of their calls in their life. Um, not only can I see that being done here, but maybe me leaning into doing some life coaching for people, um, having my own life coaching practice or um, something along that line. Um, as you said earlier, I love teaching. I love um, specifically when it comes down to um, areas of self-discovery and in worship. Um, I love teaching on those areas and those topics. And so I can see it growing into that. Um, mm. I don't like to travel that much anymore like travel to go do things like as far as speaking mm. um, and, and singing. You don't love speaking, do you? I love traveling. I don't <laughs> love speaking. <laughs> I'd rather sing than speak. But, um, you know, Maybe you should just sing instead of speaking all, all the time. <laughs> Joel, Joel's an amazing singer, by the way. If you don't know this, you should look up his YouTube stuff. Some, sometimes. <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> no, sometimes I think we also can be stretched in areas that we don't want to do, right? So, even right now, though, I'm stretching myself into how to be a better teacher, speaker. Um, but in all of that, with all that said, um, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't have an itch to travel to do that stuff that much anymore. Um, I do like being here in D.C. Um, and so maybe that'll happen like an online platform or something along that line mm. versus traveling everywhere. Mm. Um, yeah, because when you think about wife and children and things, I don't want to be gone. Yeah, it's a young man's game. Yeah, travel. It is. I'm, not, I'm young still. Joel's young. He has 16 plus years of worship experience. But no, <laughs> I'm still young. Right, I'm only still 20 young. years old. <laughs> now sometimes I forget that uh, that you're 20. Exactly. And <laughs> when you <laughs> when you're speaking wisdom to us and guiding us proteges. Um But yeah, in all seriousness, Joel, thank you for all that you do as our protege director. Um, and for guiding us in this year. Um, and thank you for taking the time to sit down with me and record this podcast. I appreciate it. It's been it's great. Been fun. All right. Thanks, Joel. All right. That was my episode with Joel Buckner. Thank you for listening to the podcast again. Um, thanks, Joel, for sitting down with me that day in February and for letting me put it out there. Um, after listening, I know I need to work on my clicking. <laughs> You'll know what I mean if you if you heard it. and probably won't be able to unhear it now, um, but I'll work on that. Uh, show notes to the episode can be found on my website. That's jonahkunish.com. 
and the link uh, to leave a message are in those show notes along with any other notes from the episode including what music was featured and um, in the future as I mention books or articles um, that'll all be in the show notes on that website Uh, you can find the tab for the show notes at the very top of the website under points of intersection podcast another thing to work on for me is the music sorry if it cut off a bit suddenly still working on the details of the podcast and working out the kinks but hopefully with each episode uh, the overall quality will improve thanks again for listening and i'm gonna transition out with another quick soundbite we'll see you next time on points of intersection